The following podcast is brought to you by the Village Zendo. For more information, visit villagezendo.org. So welcome, everyone. It's uh, good to see you all here tonight. Uh, I'm Yugetsu, a senior student here at Village Zendo, and I've been around a while. And I'm still grateful, I have to say, to be a part of Village Zendo over these many years. And I continue to appreciate all the efforts that keep us vibrant, even in challenging times. All the new programs kicking off, as well as our regular offerings. It's, I find it invigorating that this place continues to thrive. And I'm especially grateful to practice with you all right now, particularly because you mean so many more now that the, we have the physical and virtual spaces and people can access these talks on our podcasts and YouTube channels. So there's just this greater possibility of what is called the Village Sendo. And it continues to be so, and I'm very happy about that. I'm happy that we've continued to grow and evolve even through COVID, because it, you know we're really in a sea change of upheaval that has trickled down virtually into every aspect of our our lives, from you know simple logistics of oh, did I remember to put a mask in my bag in case I end up in a situation where I want to wear one? to you know profound issues of life and death so many have died and many still haven't regained their health and they're suffering and they continue to suffer long-term symptoms and so the impact of covid had given rise to this kind of anxiety that that sea change can bring and you know, we even have a name for this anxiety. COVID anxiety syndrome um, can impact people who have been sick with long COVID, people who have lost loved ones, and those whose lives have been changed forever. Another COVID-related change is, is um, this phenomena called the Great Resignation. And, uh, you know, it's kind of amazing that at its peak, 20% of our workforce resigned. It's a, it's a huge number of people who decided to make change. Um, many recognized dissatisfaction with their jobs. Maybe they didn't feel safe there anymore. Maybe the pay sucked. Um, and maybe they just wanted to live their lives differently. They engaged with the sea change and made change in their life. They switched things around. So I prepared this talk in a time of great change and upheaval. And it's really, it's, it's amazing. I mean, even the queen 
the monarch of, of continuity is, is dead. Things are changing. All of the unknowns and the challenges abide. And for many of us, we're asking, what do I do now? How do I live my life in accordance with my practice? And I find these questions particularly urgent because um, I'm in the middle of a transition, um, in part uh, inspired by some of these changes. So after 30 years of um, my job as a university professor, I've decided to take advantage of the early retirement deal offered in my contract. And I'm thankful I have a union that negotiated a contact um, contract and, and gave me this opportunity. But I've retired. And so after 30 years, I signed some papers. And all of a sudden, it seems like the whole structure of my life is dissolved. And I'm asking, what do I do now? For 30 years, my teaching schedule really it governed my year. I knew when I had to be focused on my teaching duties, when I could be creative, when I could go on vacation. Uh, all of that was governed by my teaching schedule. I, I built my life around it. So I am really dealing with this question of, of what do I do now? And I have to say, I do find it a bit ironic because all I've ever wanted was not to have to work. All I ever wanted was to make my films and, and um, you know, not have to worry about, um, you know, paying the rent. So I, there is this feeling for me right now that the, uh, the dog is caught up with the car and is very confused because... <laughs> You know, I'm hoping for, I hope for this change, and yet now I'm anxious. And perhaps some of you who have either retired or switched jobs can, can relate or, you know, radically changed your um, livelihood. You know, maybe you can appreciate this, this kind of situation that um, I find myself in. And part of it is this kind of cultural conditioning. And, um, you know, it's passed down through our families. I'm the daughter of an Italian immigrant who, um, for him, you know, work was everything. And he's conditioned, in Italian, there's a saying, chi non lavoro non mangia. If you don't work, you don't eat. And so it's not surprising that shortly after my father's retirement, I found him moping in his chair and he said, I don't feel like I deserve to eat today because I didn't work. He figured it out over time, but you know, I do think that that conditioning runs deep and it is popping up in my own awareness of what do I do now? And you know, even this question, what do I do now, brings up you know, this idea of action, picking, choosing, things I need to do. So I've been working with this, how to go forward. In a larger sense, how do we live our lives in times of transition? 
So it's been helpful for me to go through this well-known poem by our third patriarch, Sangan, called Seal of the Faith in the Heart, or in short, Faith in Mind. The opening lines of the poem read, the ultimate way is not difficult, just avoid picking and choosing. When you do not grasp or reject, the way enlightens itself. The ultimate way is not difficult, just avoid picking and choosing. The way enlightens itself. It's all right there in a nutshell. And this idea of the enlightened way illuminating our path is, is very present in our study text, the Komiyo Zanmai, the practice of the treasure of luminosity, which presents, you cannot grasp it, you cannot throw it away. It's unobtain, uh, unobtainable. Although it's unobtainable, it penetrates this whole body from the highest heaven to the deepest hell. All realms are illuminated. This is wondrous and inconceivably subtle luminosity. And it goes on. If you trust and are open to the meaning of these words, you won't need to ask anyone what's right or wrong. You will intimately realize reality as if you'd come face to face with your grandfather in the village. So here again, you know, we're returning to these themes in faith mind, which I mean, if I were to boil it down, it kind of comes to ease up, tend to your practice, and the way will become clear. And if you have faith and you're open to this, the this awakened luminosity will become as clear as your relatives a beloved relative's face you won't have to pick and choose so yeah i just again it's this irony in that you know it's, it seems so clear yet for me it's one of the hardest things to do picking and choosing it's it's in so ingrained that even as I, I work with this, this clarity, this luminosity, I keep on ending up back in the weeds, stuck in, oh, yeah. what should I do? What should I do? So there's also a koan based on this poem. And uh, it's traced down to Chao Chu, who is um, a, a Zen patriarch known for his extreme subtlety. And it's, you know, he, he's the one who gave us Mu. Does a dog have Dharma nature or not? Mu. So he, he's, he really knows how to subtly dissolve logic and bring us to something else. And something else for me right now is my dog is crying because he's on the bed and he can't get down. And, um, I have to just put them off the bed. So hold on to that non-thought.
and that's perfection. Um, so Chow Chu is just this really subtle guy. And, you know, he, he's, he knows how to let life seep into these dry koans and breathe. So in this particular koan, which is Blue Cliff Record number two, um, it, it's featured, um, or um, Chow Chu is featured in it. The ultimate path is without difficulty. Chow Chu, teaching the assembly, said, the ultimate path is without difficulty. Just avoid picking and choosing. So here again, we're back. As soon as these words are spoken, this is picking and choosing, this is clarity. This old monk does not abide in clarity. Do you still preserve anything or not? At that time, a certain monk asked, well, since you do not abide within clarity, what do you preserve? And Chao Chu replies, I don't know either. And so this monk comes back again. He says, well, teacher, since you do not know why do you nevertheless say that you do not abide in clarity? And Chao Chu said, it's enough to ask about the matter, bow and withdraw. So in this koan, you, you see the poem Faith Mind really being taken out for a test drive. And, and, you know, the boundaries are being pushed here. Or, or yeah, the boundaries of logic, I would say. So I'm just going to go back and, and, and point to some of these um, places where Chao Chu is really trying to go deeper into the treasure of this faith mind. The ultimate path is without difficulty. Just avoid picking and choosing. But he adds, as soon as these words are spoken, this is picking and choosing, this is clarity. So he's, he's pointing to this contradiction that, you know, picking and choosing and clarity, or we might call it enlightenment, they're not separate. They're not two separate things. This is a false binary. They're very much a part of each other. And then, in really offering up his practice to the student, or to this body of students, he says, this old monk doesn't abide in clarity. In other words, I'm, you know, I'm not living in enlightenment. I don't abide in enlightenment. Do you still preserve anything or not? So, you know, he's pointing to, to this kind of paradox, right? Because if you expect to abide in clarity, to abide in enlightenment, then you're clinging to it. And you will suffer when you, some, when you drop out of it. 
it's not um, a, a state that we really abide in. And he adds, do you preserve anything or not? What's attained here in this practice? And then the student comes forward and, you know, he's a saucy kind of student. He's really going to go for it. Um, he, he's going to follow along with Chao Chu and, and pick up what he's just said. If you don't abide with clarity, what do you preserve? Okay, so he's, he's echoing the question at this point. And here Chao Chu off, offers, I don't know either. So he's pointing to this common state that we're all in of not knowing. And I think that's pretty generous, but the student will not let it go. And he, he wants to engage in these kind of, um, in this kind of uh, maybe Dharma combat or Dharma dialogue. Well, teacher, student comes back with, since you do not know, then nevertheless, why do you say that you don't abide within clarity? So he's, he's starting to get into these backflips of logical reasoning. And for, for those of us who have done, you know, any dabbling or study in koans, you know, logic is not your friend when you study koans. It's, there, it's not, it's just going to trip you up. So this student is, is really, um, tying themselves in, in knots, basically, with this, this effort to catch Chao Chu in this kind of logical dissonance. And here, Chao Chu gets really subtle and says, it's enough to ask about the matter. Bow and withdraw. We've had our Dharma dialogue on this. These are words, these are conceptions. I, I can't give you your answer. It's enough to bow. Ask the question, bow and withdraw. To bow and go on with your life. That is the koan. And in terms of this koan, I think it would be a misinterpretation to view it as an invitation to passivity. Like, okay, so don't make choices, don't pick and choose, and just allow the right answer to like, come up. Uh, but that's impossible too, because we're always picking and choosing. It's our nature. We're programmed to do it. If we don't pick and choose, we die. I mean, if we don't choose, if, if we have to choose if we're going to cross the street in the middle of like uh, fast traffic. We, we need to make these choices. It's an essential part of our survival. And I would add, you know, in terms of this koan, you know, picking and choosing is a fundamental part of our democracy, right? Um, look what happens when this right is gone. Women have just lost the constitutional right 
to an abortion as defined by Roe versus Wade. Uh, they don't say gay bill that uh, DeSantis instituted in Florida is virtually meant to scrub from existence any mention of LGBTQ existence in the classroom. So the idea is it's not a permitted choice. It's not permitted to even ask the question. This is going to be uh, an area of non-inquiry, which is bullshit because it was when I grew up and people were asking the question all the time anyway. They were asking it in all manifestations of you know, gossip or however, you know, the closet. That's how it functioned. It's you weren't allowed to be a choice. Uh, you weren't allowed to exist in the space. There was no queer space. And so then picking and choosing or just living your life was a lot more complicated. And it was done um, oftentimes, you know, with a dearth of choices. So the right to have these choices is a, it's a fundamental part of what we think of as freedom in a democracy, and it's important. But what Chao Chu is saying in this koan is much more um, subtle than just talking about picking and choosing. He's really trying to go beyond that binary, right? And, and look to the source, right? Picking and choosing isn't really the point so much as constantly returning to that place of not knowing. And this is a great matter of our practice. Where do we find ourselves? How do we respond? Practicing awareness, being intimate with our daily experience, brings us this possibility that our lives will have depth and meaning. And that that meaning is, you know, it's emanating everywhere. And along, um, along these lines, I recently found an old um, village Zendo newsletter from, this is from 1998. And the center story um, is um, from Roshiankyo. And it was written on the occasion of her retirement. Um, she was a, um, one of the co-founders of the interactive telecommunications program at NYU. And at this point in her life, she was deciding to focus, to retire and focus on the village Sendo. And it's called On My Enlivenment. And in it, she invites us all to share in the uncertainty of the moment and use it to find new solutions to the koan of the village Zendo. And in it, she says, I have an ambitious yet simple dream to provide a place and form for people to practice. To provide a place and form for people to practice. I mean, what a beautiful open bow. 
And as I stare into this computer screen, I'm seeing the emanating, you know, this is emanating. It's still emanating. It will continue to emanate. So what do I do now has consequences. These are important questions and they're alive in, in the possibilities. So each of us have our choices in the midst of this great upheaval. And we're faced with these questions of how to move forward. And these are very personal questions in, on one level. I mean, they're, they're intimately connected, but it's also your being. And this is why, you know, Chow Chu's response or final line in this koan could end virtually any Dharma talk. And it will end mine. It's enough to ask about the matter, bow and retire. 